God's a good God. I mean, I think I lost my glasses. <laughs> All right. Man, I'm not going to keep you too long, but I'm gonna, I want to preach a message of encouragement. And I think God, listen, I was telling somebody. Yesterday something happened to me, and, and, and I was so blessed. I was uh, going through the Christian bookstore, and, I was, and you know what? I've been asking God to speak to me, all right? And you know what? There's times he speaks, and sometimes he's silent, right? Don't mean you're lost. It means you got to use faith sometimes. It's easy when he speaks to you. It's easy when you know God's, but when you don't feel him for a while, you know, you're going through a dry spell, a desert. But, man, I was going through that bookstore, man, I'll tell you what. I just, me and Janice was walking, and they got some little compartments, or little, little places where they put those verses up. You know what I'm saying? And different, uh, you know, you walk in and say, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You go in there, you know, uh, lean not to your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him. And, he, and you, I'm reading this stuff. And it's like everywhere I turned, God was speaking. <laughs> I, I enjoyed my day. Because I know God is trying to tell Lanny Hayes something. That he's real. And he wants to speak to us. Listen, nothing mattered. Politics didn't matter. What, the war in Ukraine didn't matter at that time. Nothing mattered. It was just me and God. I mean, everywhere I'd turn, I'd see little messages. I'd look on the back, I'd see a little, a little plaque that says, you know, something about the Lord, encouragement. Everything was just built. And I, had a, and I was going from place. I told Janice, I said, man, everywhere I turned, God's seen something. And I'll never forget it. It was, it was just wonderful. I had a great day. It was just like me and God. And, and Janice was by herself. <laughs> What a wonderful thing to hear God say, I'm with you, son. Trust me, son. I love you, son. I died on the cross for you, son. I mean, the hope that he gave. Listen, the world doesn't have that hope. I see the world dying. I told Janice, I'm going to read this to you, but I want to read it to you. I, I was just kind of, I said, God, what can I leave? If something would happen to me before you come back, I, I, I found an old Bible and that was back in the 80s, I guess, whatever. And people had wrote little notes. Some of these people might not be alive. And I was leading them, and I said, well, I want to try that. And this is what I wrote. This is for someone who might read this in the future. All right? I might not be here. And at the time, I'm writing this, the world is turning away from God. <laughs> I said, I said, the world, look, I mean, most of you in here know what's going on. I mean, seriously, the world is backslid on God. It's turned its back on God. It doesn't want God. And I can only see it getting worse. I wish I, could, I didn't have to say that, but that's, that's, that's what's happening. I said, I can only see it getting worse, and I can only see God as the answer. <laughs> Now, I'm hoping that this Bible would get into the hands of maybe somebody in the tribulation period. Maybe somebody in, and I told Jens I want to go buy him a little journal. And I started writing things on certain verses that I felt the Lord showed me. And, and I think it's something we can leave the world, even when the rapture happens, okay? And I'm writing this, and I said, his word has me... Uh, his word has brought me through many victories in my life. 
And I could, I, I could never, listen to this, or we, I could never overcome without it. Amen? When I needed hope, it was there. <laughs> when I needed uh, strength, it was there. When I needed faith to walk with God, it was there. <laughs> and I'm writing this stuff. I'm saying, Lord, I hope somebody can see it. My chicken scratch, I hope they can read. <laughs> and it says, and when I needed peace that passes all understanding, it was there. Right? My life is his word. How many can say that today? Is your life God's word? Is God's word your life? That's what I'm saying. Is it your source and strength? Is it where you turn your heart to when you need an answer from, from the Lord? I thought about that. Seriously. God's Listen, you're here today because of God's word, right? Because of his son. You're here today to learn how to live for the Lord. How you can get strong in your faith. How you can overcome the things that are coming against you. How you can pray when your body is sick. How you can pray when you, when you don't have any peace. This is the only way it's going to happen. It's not who we're going to put in political positions. It's not who's the world leader or not. It's Jesus and what he says. And that word is life. That word has to be your life, right? When you look at things and you judge things, you say, what does God's word say? How do I feel toward what I see comparing it to God's word? Hallelujah. Y'all say amen, and I was like Isaac said last night. I taught him that. <laughs> he says, my life is his word. And no, no church leaders have, a lot of church leaders have decided to push it aside for self-help books. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Something that just teaches you how to be a good person. They push the word aside. And I've wrote this and I said, and, and, and the very seldom will they even read it. <laughs> These are preachers. Y'all, these are men of God and women of God that stand behind pulpits and won't even use the Bible. They won't compare the Bible. Use the Word of God anymore. They have, they have purpose-driven life. They have self-help books. They have all these different books they turn to. And, they, they, and what happens is that the Bible is pushed behind a wall somewhere. The dust has settled on it. They don't look to it anymore. We don't need God and the Holy Spirit. We got our own wisdom. We're going to see God's answers through some other revenue or some other vineyard. But we sure don't want to read the Bible. Listen, I don't want to pick on preachers this morning. That's not what I'm doing. But I've, I've heard Joel Osteen. And I, 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 don't, don't ever listen to that guy until he repents. He said 99.9% .9 of the world is good. I said, what world and planet he's living on? What planet is he living on? But it sounds good to the itching ears, you know? We want to hear God ain't going to judge. We want to hear God ain't coming yet. So we're going to make it sound the world's all good so God don't have to come. No, that's a lie. That man's a false prophet. And I know people listen to me on the internet. Do, I wouldn't put a, give a nickel to this guy till he repents. But there, there are preachers today, they push the Bible away. They've wrote their own gospel. Come on, somebody wrote their own books. 
So that's their, that's their philosophy. And they don't seek God's direction. They will seek psychology's teaching, teaching psychology, how we can work with your mind to get you to be a better person. It's not the mind we need to work with, it's the heart. <laughs> See, we're starting with the mind. Psychology is nothing. It's all it is is a, a, a study of the mind. That's all it is. When you went to school and you taught social studies, that's what that was. It was a course on the, on the human mind. Trying to figure out the human character. Why we do what we do. I can tell you why we do what we do. Because they don't, we didn't know God. <laughs> there was no direction from the Lord. But they got preachers preaching that stuff. If we could only make the church a better people. Nicer and loving. And, and no, tell them you know, good things. and Smooth things. Run from them people. Listen, the only way you're going to change is with the Holy Ghost. Oh, I used that word in church. I'm sorry. No, I'm going to use it again, the Holy Ghost. The only way you're going to change is through the power of God. You're not going to change through some self-help book, some philosophy. It's going to come through Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross. As long as I'm pastor here, that's what I'm going to preach. You don't like it? Well, they got churches that can tell you exactly what you want to hear. Now, I, I, I believe you all like this. I'm not picking on you, but, but there are people that will get angry. How dare you tell me I can't? Listen to that preaching. I'm not telling you what to not listen. I'm just telling you you shouldn't. I wouldn't. Because I, I listen. It's getting too close. I don't need a deceiver and a liar and a false prophet t teaching me. I want the gospel. <laughs> I'll tell you that. If you can prove me wrong, show me in the scripture. I'll repent. I want to make sure that I'm teaching what's right. Amen. The Bible might be hidden behind some, I wrote this down, behind some wall in the church or in some museum or in somebody's closet collecting dust. The Bible's not needed anymore, Lawrence. We can figure it out for ourselves, right? Listen, I try to figure things out. You know what I did when I did that? I messed my life up. Because you're going to figure out what flesh wants, what flesh desires. Okay, why have the church, why have we closed God's word in the church? I heard it that 90%, and listen, I, I didn't make this up. I heard this from so-called Christian radio, Caliph. I was listening to a song, and all of a sudden, they got up there. And you know, it didn't even bother them. They just said it with such lightness. At least 93% of Christians don't read their Bible. I said, what? 93% of the church don't read the Bible? You wonder why they're going to jump on a Joel Osteen or Kenneth Copeland or Jesse Duplantis? Because they don't know. They don't know. They've turned their ears from the Word of God. And I, and I didn't say that. And when I heard that, and these announcers, so-called Christians, they made like of it. Look, it was nothing. They should have opened men, open cry. Man, what's wrong with us? We better get back to the word. We better get back to reading the Bible. They just, 93% uh, of people don't read the Bible. Blah, 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 and they left it alone like it was nothing. That's why the church is dead. <laughs> That's why the church can't hear from God. Because it closed the only source that makes sense in this world, and that's the Bible. 
Christians don't even read his word. This is a sad place for the church to be. Seek his word, not man's wisdom, okay? Now, if you turn with Joshua, I'm going to give you some of God's word. I'm going to be long, promise. But as a believer, as everybody in this church knows Christ as their Savior. You're a child of God. You're going to heaven, okay? Are you ready to face what could be coming? No, what is coming, okay? Uh, as your pastor, I want to prepare you, really. Listen, I can't live this walk for you, right? You know, as many preachers say, well, if you just follow me and everything will be real. Well, don't follow me. I wish I could say like Paul, follow me for I follow Christ. Sometimes I mess up. Sometimes I, I'm not a good testimony. And I got to repent over and over. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. But a believer is somebody that puts their complete trust in Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary. And knows without a shadow of a doubt that he's coming back. Okay? When you make that confession of faith, you're saved. Right? Now, a lot of people making that confession don't even mean it. They, they just think it's a religious thing everybody's doing and everybody's saying that prayer. I'm talking about you. Ray, Yvette, Lawrence, Susan, James, all of y'all. I'm talking about what about you? Oh. <laughs> Where are you at with the Lord? How do you see this message? This message of repentance. This message of changing your life. If you've been, you said this prayer 20 years ago and you ain't, you ain't changed, you ain't born again. <laughs> This message changed me, brother, and it's going to change you. I told Lawrence that yesterday. I said, I'm still changing, man. I ain't, this, I, I ain't what I was two years ago. Because God has drilled in me, son, you're going to believe what I say. And you're going to build your faith in my word. You're going to build my faith in what the word says. And not, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Don't think that he's going to get anything from you. You want to, God ain't answered my prayer. Are you believing him? Well, God ain't answered my prayer. You're believing him? Well, I, I think I believe. No, you can't think you believe. Hallelujah. Come on, Holy Ghost. You've got to believe. Hallelujah. You've got to set your face upon what he said. God is not going to answer double-minded people. Come on. And sometimes he'll tease us. So I'll, I'll answer this. And sometimes he'll let things happen when you pray. I've had it happen to me. I, I, my faith was so shaky sometimes it was unreal. And God was there teaching me all the way. He said, I'm not going to give up on Lenny. I'm going to teach him how to I'm going to teach him how to love people and forgive people and, and preach to my gospel. I'm going to teach him how to walk a holy and a, and a just walk. And all that time, I'm kicking that prick. You know? <laughs> I, I can still see Paul when the Lord met him on the road to Damascus. And, and the Lord spoke. He says, Lord, what do you want me to do? He says, Paul. He said, why are you fighting me? It's hard for you to kick against a prick. You know what a prick was? A prick was a pole <laughs> that the shepherd used to drive <laughs> the sheep. When I was a little boy and I went to school, the teacher had a paddle with some little nails in it. <laughs> and you know what? If it would have just been the paddle... I could have defended myself <laughs> because of the prick. <laughs> 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 
How many have been through that? Listen, it was just thick enough. <laughs> just thick enough enough just to. Oh, I hate those days. <laughs> God has his paddle. And he, and he got it. <laughs> He's going to sweep. Listen, it hurts. Oh, I hate to be stuck. I hate a needle. <laughs> I'm a grown man, but when they take blood from me, I said, ooh, you ever did that? Quenching. Man, this is going to hurt. <laughs> but you can't kick against God's prick. Does it make sense? The Bible says in John chapter, I want to say chapter 10, it says, the Lord, the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. Right? And the sheep... <laughs> And, the, and, he, and he said, Jesus is the sheep door. The shepherd, when you can come into the fold, he is the door. Somebody try to climb some other way, the same as a thief and a robber, right? You can't climb no other way but Jesus. You can't go no other way. I feel the Holy Ghost. You can't go no other way but through his word and through Christ. Well, that makes it very narrow-minded. Well, It is. Straight is the gate that leadeth unto righteousness. Narrow is the gate that leadeth unto righteousness. And few there be that go by. This road is not very wide. You can't go Mary's way or Buddha's way or that way or this way. It's Jesus' way. I sang that song a while ago. Mercy builds a bridge. <laughs> it ain't a very wide bridge. Hallelujah. You ever seen the cross, the beam that goes down the middle? About that wide. If you fall off of that bridge, you're going to die, right? Listen, I, I, I can remember that, that artist's picture where he painted the cross going over a, a canyon. You ever saw them, that picture? Go look. And it was so beautiful because the cross was the only way to get from one side to the other. You can't go no other way. That canyon is deep, y'all. There's a lot of death in that canyon. I mean, and it goes right over the, from one end to the other. And that, that beam and that cross is just sticking out like that. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And, it, and it's the only path to get across. Jesus is our bridge. Mercy is our bridge. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost. The power of God, the salvation plan of Jesus at the cross is our bridge. There's no other bridge. There's no other way. Let me read this to you in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. I should have told you to turn. I'm just, I'm just preaching, bro. <laughs> I feel the presence of God. I feel, I feel the Lord speaking this morning. And I want to get you to get a picture of chapter 1 of Joshua, verse 9. And when you're sitting on this side of the bridge... See, heaven's on the other side. <laughs> you don't have the strength to go through the canyon, through the water and swim. Come on, somebody. But you, you, you can't do this on your own power, right? right? Listen, you can't do it. You can't live this life under your own strength. The bridge has already been built. Well, I'm going to build another bridge. Well, you're going to sink in the river. You're going to drown. You're going to die. There's no other bridge. I was listening to a 
Man, but let me tell you, that ministered to me. Uh, he was an a, a archaeologist, Ron Wyatt. He died in 1999. But he has said he has seen the Ark of the Covenant. He went on the, uh, uh, it was on the, they say it was on a on, on, on hill by where Jesus died. And Lawrence, he was so convinced in his heart. You know, somebody's lying, but you can see the passion for what he was saying. And I said, well, I'll listen to him. And he said that he had dug underneath Calvary and he had gone through some valleys and, and, and he found the Ark of the Covenant. Now watch, I didn't make this. I'm just telling you what he said. And he said, on the top of the ark, I believe, I believe they got that thing. I really do. I believe they're going to get it out when they're going to build the temple in the last day. But he's, man, he, saw, he, he found blood on the mercy seat. <laughs> and watch. It was, like a, it was a dark spot. He, he knew it was... And between the, 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 the two angels on the top, he found blood on the mercy seat. And he had it analyzed. The scientist said, I don't know how to explain it. We know he had a mother, but he don't have no father. Because it takes 28, 48 chromosomes between the mother and the father to define who's the parent. He had 24 of his mother, but no father. <laughs> I said, man, I said, because his father was God. Oh, man, I feel the presence of God. Oh, I feel the presence of God. And listen, this man sitting upstairs, this was the son of God's blood. He said it leaked right where the Calvary was. He can explain it. There was a crack, and his blood leaked down right on the mercy seat. Somebody put that, or I believe it was Jeremiah, when, they, they, when they, they, they captured Jerusalem. Nebuchadnezzar came, and, and Jeremiah hid that thing. I believe that with all my heart. I believe, listen, this man was sincere. He wasn't playing. He spent months, years digging. Why would he go dig for nothing? And the Lord spoke to him. He said, I said, Save, hold this, because it's not to be revealed yet. He even took a picture of it. That's what he said. He doesn't have a father on this earth. Come on, somebody. You're looking at this stuff. And I was that scientist. I said, man, I want to find out who this blood belongs to. Come on, Holy Ghost. <laughs> right on the top. Right dead in the middle. You think God planned that? <laughs> the Old Testament covered the ark. The power of God was buried. And there comes the New Testament, the blood of Jesus. And the real mercy seat was presented with the blood of Christ himself. I believe it was real. I just don't know. I just got that feeling. It was real. Because he was sincere. He was very sincere. He wasn't like a lot of these people you see today. He risked his life to go in there. He, and he showed the pictures, how he went and stuff. But anyway, the blood of Jesus is the only hope for man. Because it has not been corrupted by man. See, the blood that Jesus had, that's why he was sinless. We sin, we have sinned because we came from Adam. Right? 
Jesus knew no sin because man hadn't corrupted him with the blood of sinful man. But he died in our place. I can't, listen, you, you can say, well, I'm a religious person. I ain't worried about that. Do you understand? He died in your place. He bore your sins on the cross. Those nails were your nails. <laughs> Those thorns were your thorns. That beating was your beating he took. God forbid we ever lose that in our hearts and lives. That's what I want to worship. That's what I want to, I want to, I want to serve. That's who I want to be with. One day I'm going to be kneeling at his feet, Yvette. Bowing at them nails, prints in his feet. This is my nail prints, Jesus. It belongs, it belongs on my feet. Those, those nail prints in your hands belong on my hands. Oh, my God. That beating belongs on my back. But he took your place. I wasn't planning on saying this this morning because I was going in there, but the Holy Ghost has a, a, a message for you. That's the God we serve. <laughs> Brother. Oh, I could worship, man. I, I could feel it all over my spirit this morning. There is a time for us to realize, who is this Jesus? What is he about? Sister Madeline, do you understand who he is? You're born again. I'm born again, but do we understand who he is? He's God made flesh. <laughs> God in the flesh. The word became God and was made flesh. Did I read a script yet? <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> this is what he says about you, okay? This is what this is the Old Testament, but it's still the same character God. God is still the same in the Old Testament as he is in the New. The only thing is that we got the blood of Jesus. There's things you couldn't be forgiven in the Old Testament, but through the blood <laughs> of Jesus, we can now be forgiven. Come on. Verse 9 says, have I not commanded you? This is talking to the Lord, talking to Joshua. All right. Have I not commanded you, be strong, be of good courage, do not be afraid. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. If you serve in the Lord God Almighty, you have no reason to fret what the world is doing. Hallelujah. Because he is your shield. He is your protector. He is your buckler. He is the one that's securing you. Not me, not this church, not a religion. My Lord, I feel the Holy It's God himself. My God, I feel the stirring of the Holy Ghost. Holly, when I feel like that, oh man, I just want to talk about Jesus. When the Holy Ghost comes, I want to talk about him. I want to testify of him. Be not afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is what? Read it, Yvette. He it is with you. <laughs> He's with me wherever I go. Come on, Holy Ghost. It don't matter what the world's doing. God is with me. It don't matter what disasters are coming. God is with me. They can drop a nuclear bomb tomorrow on America. I'm going to heaven, praise God. God is with me. Why should we be afraid of what Putin and Biden and all the rest of them are doing? God is with me. Come on, somebody. God is with me. My Lord. I said, God is with me. Yes. Somebody said, God is with me. Hallelujah. 
If God be for you, who can be against you? The world can take your body, but it can't take your soul, praise God. Don't fear what man to do, but fear what God can do. God is with me. Leave this building and say that all week long. God is with me. God is with me. Jesus is with me. My Lord, I feel like preaching. But I, <laughs> whew, I like to take, I got to get a breath. <laughs> God is with me. My, listen. <laughs> Don't have to turn there, but Deuteronomy 30, 31 verse 6, Moses is giving instructions to Joshua. Okay. Basically, tell him, he told Joshua, God's telling Joshua through Moses, do not fear nor be afraid of them, the world. Hallelujah. That's what he's talking about. Don't be afraid of your enemies. I have judged your enemies. Hallelujah. I have judged your enemies. They're, they're doomed to death. You stay in, with me. I am your life. I'm your source. Don't look at what the world is doing. Don't look at what your enemy is doing. I don't care how many weapons they got. I don't care how many they pile up weapons as high as the moon. I am with you. God, I am with you. Hallelujah. I am with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Praise God. That is the word of the Lord. I don't know about you, but there's something just turning. Man, the Holy Spirit, man. I am with you. I'll never leave you. How many know that? That's a promise. How many God don't break his promises? Come on, Holy Ghost. God does not break his promises. God's not changing his promise toward you despite of what the world is doing. Listen, but his word his promises to you and to whoever would serve him. Right? All right. Let me read this to you. And you don't have to turn it. I'm going to make it go a little quick. A lot of us who have been reading the Bible knows what Psalms 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Oh I will save the Lord. He's my refuge and my strength, my ever-present help in the time of need. I am your God. Hallelujah. I am your shield. My wings cover you, praise God. Listen, if your God's wings is over you, don't worry about the world, praise God, because they can't touch you. Hallelujah. They're going to try. They're going to try to discourage you, but we can't get discouraged. Come on, son. This church can't get discouraged. We can't look at what's happening in Ukraine and the rest of the world and say, oh, this is the end. Just assume get discouraged. No, it's time to be encouraged. Jesus Christ is coming back. Hallelujah. He's coming back for a church without spot, without blemish. He's coming for a church that is ready for him and looking for him. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Psalm 17, verse 8. Let me just read it for you. I'm a paraphrase, okay? Keep me as the apple of thine eye. And this is David praying. <laughs> Listen, not only Dave was the ap David is the apple of God's eye, you're the apple of God's eye. Listen, David is, wasn't more spiritual than you. David just understood that I had to stay in the shadow of his wings. Hallelujah. I, I, God, make me the apple of your eye. And I'm looking at this and saying, and it says in, Abide under the shadow of your wings. David is saying, God, make me the apple. I'll, let me abide under your wings, God. Let me abide under your wings. You are my Savior. 
You're my life. You're my breath. You're every step I take. Listen, praise God. I failed as a Christian so because I didn't listen to God. God said, Lenny, don't do that. I did it, and you know what? I paid the price for it. But you know, right now, as coming close, I feel God drawing me. As your pastor, I'm just confessing. And what's happening in my life, I feel God drawing me closer to his word, closer to his word, closer to what he promised, closer to what he said, because that's what's going to matter, praise God. It ain't going to matter what I say, hallelujah. It ain't going to matter what you say. It's going to matter what God said. God loves you, Yvette, and he promised that you could dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. He loves you. He loves all of us. If we choose to go outside of those wings, we're in trouble. The devil don't dare. Now, he tries. He tries to afflict us with it, but he doesn't dare touch your faith as long as you're in the shadow of God's wings. Come on. As long as you stay. Listen, you might, he'll come and say, make you discouraged and try to make you doubt God. He'll try to make you think God ain't there. You know, God's not listening to you. There's a time when I was writing, and I, I was writing that last night. There was times in my life, God felt like a million miles away. <laughs> come on, Holy Ghost. He felt like I, I couldn't touch God like I wanted to touch him. And you know what? It's through, through those times my faith grew. How? Because he's showing me that it's not what you feel. It's what you know. Hey, it's not what you think. It's what God says. <laughs> oh, boy. Listen, listen, I feel good about that. Because a lot of times I think nothing but trash and garbage. And what God says, it's what I think that matters. Not what land. My thoughts are not his thoughts. My ways are not his ways. Hallelujah. God is a thinker in this thing. Hallelujah. He's the one that sets the steps. Yep. And you know what? When, when I overcame those times when I didn't feel God, I was on a cloud nine like I am this morning. <laughs> Listen, there's nothing better but to hear the voice of God. This is encouraging. It's to let you know you're born again. You're a child of God. If you are right with God, these are your directions. This is God's way. My Lord God. I said this is God's way. Me and Lawrence was talking yesterday, you know. Lawrence is building that pad for his son. I said, Lawrence, why are you doing that? Because he's his son. <laughs> you know why? And I do the same thing with my children. Because I have a covenant with them. I wouldn't do that just for anybody. Because my children have something that I don't have with you. They got my grace. <laughs> when I wouldn't go to half a mile for you, I'll go 20 miles for them. My Lord, you hear what I'm saying? Because that's the God I serve. Hallelujah. <laughs> Listen, I don't tell, you, you can't tell me you love me more than you love your children. You'll be lying through your teeth. Because that child is part of you. <laughs> that child's part of what you brought in this world. You can't, you can't tell me you love them, me as much as you love them. You're lying. Right? Because of the covenant and the grace. When that child was born, you promised to take care of that child till he was old enough to get on his own, right? And even after. <laughs> I don't mind because that's part of my character. That's part of what God gave me. And you know what? I believe honestly, that's just me. I believe through that, I'm going to see my children serve God. Because you know what? They're going to see in you what they see in God. Oh, <laughs> come on. They're going to say, they might say, well, I don't want to serve God because my daddy didn't serve God and my mama didn't serve God. But I want to serve God because my daddy feared God and my mama feared God. 
I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just, oh man, I feel the presence of God. I feel him today. And that's the only reason we build those dirt paths, Lawrence. And that's the only reason we give them money if they needed the help. It don't matter what they've done sometimes. I, listen, my kids, it just seems like I, I don't justify their sin. I, I tell them in their face. I'll say, this is sin, what you're doing. And I'll have no part of it. And I don't expect God to bless you either. I'm on Holy Ghost. (laughs) My wife is there. I told one just the other day. I said, it's sin. And and, and God is not going to bless it. But on the other hand, Bob, I'm waiting for that time, brother, when they say, they're coming down that dusty road. (laughs) Come on, Holy Ghost. When they're coming down that dusty road, and I look and said, there comes my son and my daughter. They just come out the pig pen, hallelujah. They just finished feeding the pigs, and all they got muck and pig slop all over their face. Coming, their clothes all dirty, their face all dirty. <laughs> and what did the Bible say about the father? He said he saw his son, and he ran to him. <laughs> he ran to him, embraced him. He was barefoot. He said, put shoes on his feet and put a ring on his hand. And, and, and this is my son. He was lost. And he's come back. <laughs> Let me get some out of this this morning. <laughs> oh, my God. That is the shield of that relationship. No matter what they've done, it seems like you receive them back. And the message of that ring ministered to me, Lord. Listen, that boy had took half of what his daddy worked hard for and went and blew it on rice living and sinful living. What's the first thing his daddy gives him when he goes? That, that ring, that ring, that's a credit card, uh, Sister Matt. <laughs> he could go anywhere with that ring and buy whatever he wanted. Wait a minute, did he just spend half of what his daddy had? You think about that for a minute. We think we, we think we understand God. We don't. He gave him a credit card just after he had finished spending all that, but he had repented. The father knew he'd come back. I've left my father's house. I had it better in my father's house. I'll just go to my father. Let me become a servant. Even the servants live better than me. But what did the father do? Put him right back where he left. <laughs> Brother, don't ask me how to understand that. Listen, Ray, listen. Don't ask me how I could understand a child going to take half of what he earned and blew it, and all of a sudden the father comes back and the father puts him back in his position as a son. Gave him authority again. What a message, right? I ain't much longer, y'all, but I could preach all day. I know, I know y'all hungry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Verse 91, verse 6 of, of Psalms, verse 5 and 6, it says, and I'm just paraphrasing, okay? You shall not be afraid of the terrors by night, but the owls that fly by day. Come on. God is saying, don't worry. I've got you. <laughs> don't worry about bombs and guns and tanks and Evil people and what they, he says, I've got you. I've got you. Nor for the pestilence, earthquakes and disease and coven and blah, 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 blah. I am with you. 
Why is the church so afraid? Because you know why? The church is not walking with God. Preachers are, are, are making people feel good, how they're wonderful, and they're really not bad people. And, you know, that, that's the message. You, I, I don't even listen. I see, I've turned most of The only one I listen to is Brother Swagger. Seriously, I, 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 want, I love the message of the cross. But when I start hearing somebody get up and say, I'm good, I'm beautiful, I'm smart, he's, he's a fool. But the Bible says that fool that said in his heart there is no God, or God don't listen. You ought to read them Psalms in between, between chapter 8 and between verse, chapter 13 of Psalms. God warns us. You see, that nation that forgets God is on the way to hell. I said, man, the nation that turns its back on God is, is set for hell. The leaders that say, let's not have this man to rule over, talking about Jesus. Break us our bands asunder from him. We don't want Jesus. We don't want God. We want to live our own life. That's what we got in, in the world today. That's what we got leading and making decisions because there's no God in their lives. Don't expect Ungodly men to do godly things. I wish, you, I wish we could have a Christian president. I, I, I believe we can pray and that, that that would happen if the church would get right. But right now, we're deceived. And the nation is deceived. See, the only ones that got their eyes open is the believer. Right? The Christian. The world knows something's going on. Unless you could talk to anybody out there. Go down that street and I'll bet you they say, man, it's messed up in this world. They don't know. They don't understand that judgment is coming. They don't understand that Jesus Christ is fixing to return. They don't understand that America is going to face the judgment of God. We shook our fists in God's face. We shed the blood of innocent babies for, for 40 years or 50 years. I don't know how long. Babies' blood crying out from the ground. Babies murdered and slaughtered. Some, and yet we call these smart people. They're barbarians. You want to see what they are? They're nothing but... Uh, uh, Slaughterhouse workers, they, they, they hate God, they hate life, they hate anything that God made. And it's going to be the same ones that are going to shake their fists in God's face during the tribulation period and blaspheme Him. My God, when you get to that point, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Just listen to me for a minute. I'm going to read a few little things. And again, we know. That God is not having. In Hebrews 12, uh, 13, verse 5 says, He'll never leave us, nor forsake us. Paul is writing this, okay? He'll never leave us or forsake us. Whatever you're going through this morning, God is with you. Man, I feel the presence of God saying, He'll always be with you. <laughs> well, I don't feel Him sometimes, but He's there. Come on, somebody. If He's, if he's not, He's a liar. And he's not a liar, right? He said, I'll never leave you. I'll be with you wherever you go. When you get out of that, that door this afternoon, he's with you. When you go to Walmart, he's with you. When you go, wherever you go, wherever you, whatever walk you make this week, he's with you. He's never, listen, you imagine God's right there with you. God is with you. God is with you. When you're working at your job, God is with you. When you're going through your, 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 your precision in life and your, 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 your life, he's there with you. Sometimes, like I said, he feels a million miles off, but he's not. 
I feel that way sometimes. I feel like, God, where are you? He's there. <laughs> Can you imagine that? He'll never leave you. He has his angels encamped around. He knows. He's always, you're the apple of his eye. You're the, you're the passion of God, his heart. How, how can I get that through you this morning? You're, God's, you're the passion of God's heart. He, he's, you're his child. He loves you. I would do anything for my children. I, I would, I would go, I'd go across the earth if I had to for my children. Because I want them happy, Lawrence. <laughs> I want them living good lives. I want them doing right. I want them serving God. Psalms 37 verse 25 says, I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his children begging for bread. God has never seen, God will never forsake his children, the righteous. And he'll never see you lack for food. Come on, that's the Bible, right? That's the promise of God. You don't have to worry about food. God will provide. You don't have to worry about uh, uh, God will provide. He'll never see you do it out. People are doing it out because they doubt him. You hear what I'm saying? They, 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 they're not believing what he says. They're not believing in his word. So that's why even Christians do it out because they're not believing in his word. I, listen, me, me, we've been in business for almost 12 years. And I tell you what, we needed a lot of help and God always met our needs. And I'm telling you, if you see the burden me and my wife carries on money-wise, I have to pay insurance and pay a truck note and pay this and pay, pay Isaac and my, his salary and pay this one and pay that one. Listen, that's every week. And I say, she asks, where's it going to come from? Guess what? It's always there. Because <laughs> God loves me and he loves you, right? You'll never see the righteous forsaken. You need to read those verses in, in Psalms 37 verse 25. Psalms 1 verse 2 says this, but his delight, the believer's delight. The Bible said, don't dwell in the counsel of the ungodly, nor seek the seed of the scornful. But my delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law do he meditate day and night. Is your desire for God's word? Is your desire in God's way? Is your desire for this book? Oh, <laughs> An old song years ago, with, I can't sing it, but y'all might remember it. Dust on the Bible, dust on the Holy Word, the words of all the prophets and the sayings of our Lord. And what it was, the, the, the Bible was in a closet, collecting dust. <laughs> dust on the Bible. The thing that could redeem you. The thing that brings you the word of the Lord, the word that, that, that leads you into righteousness, we have it in the, in the closet. Dust on the Bible. What a dangerous place for your faith to be that your Bible is collecting dust. <laughs> well, I've got to preach that one. <laughs> is there dust on your Bible? <laughs> Woo I'm glad. <laughs> hey, I bought me a brand new one yesterday. <laughs> I said, Jens, I'm getting a little bit hard to see sometimes. I've got to have some... Some big prints. <laughs> and I already started marking in it. But I always get excited, even though I got five or six, I'm excited when I buy a new Bible. Huh? You feel like that? And I wanted a Bible where I could, you know, go from one verse, reference one verse, reference one verse. One verse. 
You know? I tell people, I said, you know, sometimes we're looking for somebody to tell us how God, to believe God. But sometimes, I remember one time I was confused about something. And the Lord said, go to Walmart. Get you a Bible, a plain Bible. <laughs> and open it up and I'll speak to you. And when I open it, <laughs> you know, I'm reading this and, and I'm writing it down. Thank God for good study Bibles, you know. But I need to hear from God myself sometimes. So I got me a Bible, and I was just writing down, and I even write on, listen, my Bible marks up a lot. Listen, that book, God wants you to mark it. You, you know, you want to put, well, maybe I'll, I'll come back to this verse, so I'll write this verse down, God minister, I'll write it here, and, you know, put a little stick, Boogie, <laughs> Boogie would have papers all over his Bible, little things sticking out all over the, <laughs> but you see where he's at today. I thank God for my son, Amen. Little papers of, you can find things, you can find, you can find a, a little, a, a, a piece of toilet paper or a piece of. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm almost finished. Let me, let me finish with this right here. <laughs> Hallelujah. 27 verse 1, the Lord is the strength of my life. That's, that's, that's what that psalm says. Who's the strength of your life? The Lord. Psalm 118, verse 14. The Lord is my strength and my song. Uh-huh. You see that, Yvette? That was in Psalms 118, verse 14. The Lord is my strength and my song. When you go around and, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you with all my soul. Rejoice. That's a song. That's because that's in your heart. Not because you learned it, <laughs> right? Not because you learned a song. It's your song. When you sing it, it's your song to God. See, well, somebody else wrote that. It don't matter. When you, when you put it in your heart, it's your song to God. Man, I'll preach. <laughs> when you start singing songs about, you know, amazing grace, the old rugged cross, you know, how sweet thou art, you know, that's your song. You're singing your song. Because really, it is yours. It became part of you. It became part of who you are. And so when you go around, I don't care how sound, you can sound like a crow, it don't matter. Sing. <laughs> Sing the songs of deliverance. The, word, the Lord is my strength and my song. That's what I want to sing about, right? Oh, I can get over the bumps. I'm almost finished. Oh, man. I could preach something else, but I'm not. <laughs> Let's listen to this verse right here. Chapter 12, verse 2 says, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. In Isaiah, chapter 12, verse 2, God is my salvation. Not go to home fellowship, not, not uh, Brother Lanny, not so-and-so or discharge. God is my salvation. God is my strength. God is my song. God is my hope. Hallelujah. One more verse in Psalms 1 again, and I'm going to close. I hope this stirs you this morning, praise God. I really do. I, listen, if I can get you to believe God, then I felt like I've done something for the Lord. Amen.
I want to be able to preach the gospel, not Delaney or the, or the church, the gospel, right? Amen. Verse 2 of Psalms says, My, I read the quote a little while ago. Now I want you to picture this before you leave, okay? What is your meditation? What is your thoughts? Who's this, who, you, who, you, who you place your thoughts on? Now you can't go... I'm not saying I go to I think about Jesus every second of the day. But, and I can't stop it, but the spirit of worship is there. You know what I'm saying? The spirit of the word is there. So when you're going to speak, you're going to speak only what you know, right? You know, you're going to speak only what you know the word says. My delight is in the law of the Lord, verse 2. And in his law do I meditate day and night. And I like this verse. He shall be like a tree planted by the river of water. You know you see the most greenest trees? <laughs> by the river. You know you see the most flourishing bushes? They grow. Nobody has to fertilize them. Nobody has to, you know, just put them by a, a lake somewhere. Because that ground will get saturated and that plant will grow. Right? That tree will grow. That brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither. <laughs> and whatsoever he does shall prosper. I want to prosper. I want to have a good church. I want to have a good marriage. I want to have a good business. I want to have good children. I want to have money so I can take care of myself and my family. But he says, if I do this, I will prosper. I will prosper. Stand up a minute, okay? <clears throat> you know, I don't mind calling people up when they need something, but I, I'd rather you see for yourself. If I ask you, if I ask you, is the Lord your shield? Have you seen God's work in your life by your faith? And you don't have to answer yes or no, seriously. I'm asking you personally. Can you testify that God has been with you? Then listen, I'm not saying people don't go through trials. We all go through them. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you're going to be in a time of mourning. Sometimes you're going to be in a time of grief. I mean, it's just life. It's how it happens. But what, what do we do when we get in those days, in those times, right? The story is this. Without a healer, there's no healing. <laughs> Without a savior, there's no save, saving, right? And the reason I'm saying that, because if we can't look to that to get the answer we want, then we're lost. We have to have a savior to save us. We have to have a healer to heal us. Man, I feel the presence of God. Listen to me good. If he's your savior, you're saved. If he's your healer, you're healed. If he's your provider, you'll never do without bread. You never have to. Listen, all of us in here at times has gotten sick. But through this COVID stuff, I don't think one person in this church died. I thank God for it. It wasn't that we, we, we mourn for the rest, you know. There are Christians that died. But I want to thank God that at least here, We've, some of us had it. 
don't know if I ever had it, I never checked, but some of us had it. And they're here today. They healed. Come on, bud. Because you had a healer. <laughs> You're saved because you have a savior. Let me tell you something. If God's dealing with you, don't fight with it. Don't fight him. If God is telling you you need to do something, to trust him for something, don't fight him. Because you cannot, listen to me, you cannot win. You're not going to win with the devil. Because when he's finished with you, he'll destroy you. When he's used you and abused you and tore you all to pieces, he'll kill you and let you burn forever. He don't care. That's just the heart of Satan. Listen, man, I can't afford that, brother. My life, you read, mom, all of us, my life has to mean something. And the only way it's going to mean something is if it's in Christ. Because I, I, I watch stuff and I, 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 I don't know if I told, I, I mean, we watched that Hollywood grave. And all, I was watching and people, the movie stars that all die. I told you that story. They all die. A lot of them commit suicide, man. Dying young. Those rock stars, they don't live 30, they, die, they, 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 they drug abuse, they die of drugs, and, but yet they have everything we men want. They have money, fame, they have everything, glory. <clears throat> they want, and they, they're killing themselves, <laughs> dying. Some of the movie stars, they're lucky if they make 50 years old, of heart disease, cancers, because they, a lot of them sell their soul to Satan. And as he, as he, after he has used them, he kills them and said, let them burn forever. That's, that's his promise. That's what Satan has for you if you don't follow the Lord. I, I hate to be so blunt, brother, but it's the truth. That's what Satan wants for you if you're not going to serve the Lord. Well, I sure don't want that. Then don't. Don't, don't choose that way. Choose Jesus. Choose Jesus and get life.